we shall be reading from the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verses 19 to 21. Again, that is Galatians, chapter 5, verses 19 to 21. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. The title of today's message is Works of the Flesh, based on Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 to 21. Paul instructed the Galatians to walk by the Spirit, so they would not satisfy the cravings of the flesh. He made them aware that the desires of the Spirit are against the desires of the flesh. And the cravings of the flesh are against the Spirit. Paul's explanation clarified the opposing forces in that battle within a believer. Paul would then enumerate the works of the flesh. The list was not meant to be exhaustive, but to highlight specific examples. There's a longer list in Romans chapter 1. And you will find in the last verse we've read today, part of it is, and things like these. So this list is not meant to be complete, but to give some examples. Point number one, obvious manifestations. Paul stated that the works of the flesh are evident. He then enumerated the list of what the flesh does. Remember that the flesh is that part of us that sins. Theologians call it the sinful nature that we inherited when sin came into the world through Adam. Well, we don't have to teach a baby as it grows to be a toddler and a child. We don't have to teach a baby how to sin or how to lie. They would figure it out. They will try to manipulate and deceive to get what they want. Sin is not something that needs training. It's something that happens to us because it's right there. Now, after we are justified through faith in Christ, something happens. The Spirit comes to us, and somehow our desires change. Something happened, and we know it. The Spirit bearing witness to our spirit, or the Spirit coming to our hearts, calling God, Abba, Father. There are new desires placed within us. However, let there be a warning, as Paul mentioned in the earlier verses. Do not give an opportunity for the flesh because the flesh still exists. 
The flesh is that inclination to sin. That flesh is that proclivity to sin. Part of us wants to do it, but part of us does not want to. A non-believer doesn't care. There is no battle within. They just keep giving in. They just try to do what they want. Once the temptation is there, there is no such thing as a temptation. They just bite because it's beneficial. Beneficial in a way maybe that gives you pleasure. Beneficial may be something that you can gain materially but it's, or emotionally. But now that you are a believer, somehow there's a battle. The things you, follow, you did before, the things you practiced, your lifestyle before, you want to turn away, but the flesh exists. It exists. It's right there. Now, Paul would use another term in, in Corinthians. He would call it the old self. Your old self. Because you became a new person in Christ, but the old, you have to treat it as something that has passed already. Yet somehow the flesh is there. Now, Paul started the list with sexual immorality, impurity, and sensuality. Now, of course, when he is referring to this, we understand that he is referring to sex outside of marriage, extramarital, which may mean before marriage, premarital sex, or outside of marriage, meaning adultery. Those are sins of the flesh. Let's read verse 19. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality. And uh, orgies will be put in the later, in, in the last verse we've read. Those who do not walk by the Spirit will gratify the cravings of the flesh. Now, the temptation to give in to the impulses of the flesh, it's strong. To give in to the flesh, the impulse is strong if one does not walk by the Spirit. Now, if somebody asks you, uh, how do I overcome temptation? Paul is answering that here. He's saying that walk by the Spirit and you will not satisfy the desires of the flesh. The flesh the proclivity to sin is there. It is hungry. It craves to sin. So, if you keep feeding it, the stronger it becomes. So, if you keep feeding the flesh, you keep giving in, the stronger it becomes. But if you starve it and you weaken it, and instead walk by the Spirit, be led by the Spirit, of course, if you are led by the Spirit, it also means you follow God's Word through faith. But the inclination is there. Thus, it is permanent to walk by the Spirit. In fact, that is, uh, before this section, that was what Paul was saying. Do not give an opportunity to the flesh. He was saying, walk by the Spirit and do not give an opportunity for the flesh. Once upon a time, when I was a teenager, not too long ago, 
Before we can see some lewd photos of women, a classmate must smuggle it inside the campus, quietly. And we have to make sure that we were not caught, otherwise we would be suspended. And some of my classmates were suspended. It was just difficult to be exposed to these things. To watch uh, an X-rated movie, we have to visit somebody's house, a classmate's house, and make sure that the parents were not there. And my classmate knows where his father's collections were. <laughs> and get from there, and we would watch together and carefully put it back exactly the way we got it. Crazy how difficult it was to commit such an act. You know how easy it is today? Oh. Alone in their phones in the middle of the night or staying in the CR too long. I'm not saying everyone who stays on the CR too long does that. Sometimes there's really a, a problem with their digestive system. But it's so easy to be exposed to these things today. Parents don't pretend that they don't know that. They do. All right? The only difference is, well, you were guilty too. The only difference is they did it younger, which makes it more dangerous today. And we know that if we give in to the deeds of the flesh, and many of you who've been in that life, before you came to be a true believer, you know that the satisfaction is temporary. Very temporary. That's why you keep looking for it, because it's temporary. It's done for a short time, a number of hours, or even minutes. And then after which, the deeper things that satisfies the soul is not really there. And that comes from God. So the cravings of the flesh keeps craving and will never be satisfied. Oh yes, yeah, someday you will stop when you reap the consequences already. Sometimes it's sexually transmitted disease that remain permanent. Somehow you now wake up. But those who get cured will go back at it because... The proclivity to sin is so strong if you do not walk by the Spirit. And you cannot walk by the Spirit if first and foremost you do not understand the gospel. If you don't understand who Christ is, who Jesus Christ is, who suffered and died for our sins, who rose again from the dead, He was the innocent Lamb of God who had nothing to do with our sin, but took our sin upon Himself to take on the penalty and forever we must be grateful. Forever we must be grateful. And forever we must cherish the gospel. That's why we keep singing these songs. Some of these songs we just sung. We sing a lot of new songs in this church. But recently I said, the church doesn't know the classic songs anymore. That really reflect the doctrine of the gospel or scripture. 
or the expression of a true believer, not just emotional things that seemed like a, a song for a boyfriend or girlfriend. Why not put in the doctrine there? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretched. That's the exact word, wretched. Some newer translation used, someone like me. Oh, come on. The original words of the author of that song, John Newton says, wretched. A wretched like me. I once was blind, now I see. I once was lost, now I'm fine, was blind, but now I see. He traded slaves. And he felt so ashamed when he understood the gospel. What have I done? What have I done? That is how the gospel affects us. Not, mm, okay, I understand that's the gospel, whatever. <laughs> One day when you face the judge, the king of kings, he will remind you of your reaction. He will remind us of our foolishness, of how we treated the gospel lightly. You cannot even begin to battle against your flesh if you do not have the Spirit. And you cannot have the Spirit unless you understand faith in Christ and who, what He really did. Walk by the Spirit. Now, the second set of sins include idolatry and strife. And we know that idolatry is something or someone you put equal to the Lord, to the Godhead, or higher. Or anything in our hearts doesn't necessarily be a... Anything you desire higher than God, the Godhead is... A sort of idolatry, idol in your life. Paul listed idolatry as one of the deeds of the flesh, which is worshiping false God or anyone equal to or higher than God. There is no one higher than God, but when people make someone equal to the Godhead, when I say the Godhead, we're talking about the Father, Son, and Spirit. That's the Godhead. When you put anybody equal there, that is a deed of the flesh. Now some people say, we don't worship the saints. We just pray to them. Just like telling your friend, pray for me. It's just like that. I say, my friend is alive and he can hear me. I said, please pray for me. My brother is alive. Now if you're talking about praying to somebody, a human who has died somewhere so he can intercede for us to God, to Christ himself. Now that is dangerous because there's only one mediator between God and man. And you cannot put an assistant. <laughs> like a boss has an executive assistant. Called, also known as the gatekeeper to the schedule of the boss, right? There is no assistant. He is the only mediator. There is no mediatrix. There's no assistant. You cannot put anybody close, even close to that. If you think we pray to the saints and they can hear us, wow, then they have godlike qualities because there are billions of people on earth. And hundreds of us, hundreds of thousands of us might pray and then they know. So they're given the power of the Godhead. 
Oh, brother, only God is omniscient, meaning all-knowing. Only God can hear every prayer, every cry of billions of people. Nobody replaces that. Anybody in your mind that replaces that is, an, is idolatry. And if you look in the Old Testament, God hates idolatry. Did, did you say that right, Pastor? Yes, He hates idolatry. Somehow, we, somehow some of us made a doctrine of God that is only loving and not just. That is only merciful without His justice. That is not God. God is both holy and merciful. And where does the justice and mercy of God meet only one person? It meets only in one. Christ Himself who received the justice of God by suffering and who can release the mercy of God to us only there and nowhere else. Any form of sorcery. Paul mentioned sorcery is evil. And is a work of the flesh. Strife and sins that divides the community as well. Let's read verse 20. Idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, and divisions. Now, oh, Brother Ed, oh, I, I don't practice sorcery. Uh, no, but you might have uh, a little faith in some of it without you knowing. Do you check your horoscope every day? <laughs> Isn't it fun reading that? <laughs> oh, uh, this is my sign. What's yours? And you're given a list of what you are, and you believe that foolishness. <laughs> oh, people born in May are usually uh, moody. No, they're not. Some of them are, like any other month. And those born in April are really playboys. No, they're not. I was born in April. Don't say that. Like every other month, there are those who just commit adultery. Now, sorcery, another... Sorcery is actually manipulation. And some of you might be sorcerers without you knowing it. Knowing it. You manipulate through half-truths, full-truths if necessary, half-truths at some time, sometimes completely a lie. You give the impression when there is a, a, a deception that's happening, you keep quiet. Or the person in, in front of you is, trying, is now believing in something, but you're not correcting that belief so that you will still gain the benefit. So you just keep quiet. <laughs> you're a sorcerer. Well, the female version of sorcer sorcerer is witch. A witch is somebody who manipulates, not somebody who doesn't fix their hair, okay? 
we're given that image on TV that the witch does not fix her hair. Uh, but now there are new versions of witches that are pretty, right? You'd see them on, on TV series. Uh, if you watch them, treat it as entertainment, please. Do not seek for the power behind it. For you will make yourself an enemy of God. Now, uh, the, the second part of chapter, verse 20 is uh, st stuff that breaks the brotherhood or the sisterhood. And we have to be careful because sometimes, again, the proclivity to sin is right there. Enmity, creating enemies. Uh, some people just have a habit of creating enemies. If you have the habit, you have an enemy almost everywhere, I think you are the problem, not them. All right? I think it's you, not them. Maybe it's them partially, but it's mostly you because you're consistent. There are those who jump from one church to another, and they always make enemies. <laughs> and they always see a problem in that church. I think you're the problem, not the church. Enmity, strife, now jealousy. Jealousy is a deed of the flesh. I'd like to explain to the wives that being protective is not jealousy. Jealousy, according to the sin here, it's when you become unreasonable in things. And you feel sad, why not you? Why is there more praise there than me? When we feel jealous, do you know that Paul also mentioned in Corinthians, love is not jealous. But how does the modern world package it? You're jealous, maybe you're in love. The scripture did say love is not jealous, right? We can admit it that we have that proclivity. We have to recognize that it exists so that we know how to face it. We know that it is a deed of the flesh. Next is fits of anger. Losing the temper quickly and regularly is a work of the flesh. Does this happen to us? Yeah, some, some of us openly, some of us quietly, right? But it's still a fit of anger. Suddenly your face changes. Look, your, look at yourself in the mirror when you're angry. You don't look good. Hmm? Yeah, I think that's one motivation. I'm ugly when I'm angry, right? So I don't want to be angry. Now, if we walk by the Spirit, we will mature and learn to deal with it. Now, please don't point your fingers at your family members. You might be guilty too, only quietly, right? Walk by the Spirit, that is the spiritual solution to it. And the more we grow and the more we recognize that as a sin and we Repent of it and confess it before the Lord every time. We will outgrow it.
We have to be, learn to deal with these things. Fits of anger, rivalries. Unhealthy competition is unhealthy. And deep within you, I'll beat you too. You know? uh, in a matter of speaking, having a, a competitive sense is good. And in a matter of speaking, it's bad. It's not good. Just take the good. Remove the bad. If something motivates you to improve, that's good. But not for the sake that you can show everybody you're better. Do it because you want to improve. You want to sharpen your skills so that you are more useful. More useful to your family, more useful to your community and to your nation. Do it to improve. Because if you have that sense of rivalry, you would want to put somebody down so that you will promote yourself. And that is actually not healthy. Uh, so what, uh, what if somebody really wants to somehow compete with you and you feel it? Ignore them. Don't feed it. <laughs> you know, sometimes I just smile. Go ahead, keep on talking. rivalries dissensions and divisions take note again is all division bad well within the context paul wanted to cut off those who do who are not accurate with the gospel those who distort the gospel he wants them cut off so there is a manner of cutting off but those who believe in the gospel must be united Dissensions, divisions. And some have that rebellious spirit. Well, if there's something wrong, we talk about it. And we still try to achieve the unity of the faith. We discuss it. We don't keep it quiet and you are now having a rebellious spirit. And you create divisions by talking to more people to get their sympathy. You know, sometimes that happens if somebody offends you. And sometimes unintentionally. Because you're hurt. Now you want to take... You're not saying you want revenge, but in your heart you do. So what do you do? You talk to other people. How bad that person is, that's your revenge. And you get people on your side. You're, now you're creating a division. You're creating a decision. And you who listen, don't be foolish. If they come to you and say, you know what? You need to settle with that person. You want me to arrange a meeting? You're not one who's going to be fed by it and eat it. And whenever you see that person, there's something negative happening in your mind. Without really knowing the person. That is foolish. Now, careful now, because it might create division. Sometimes it starts very small, harmless, right? Do you know that in the family it can begin? When you tell the little boy because you could not discipline the little boy. The little girl seems to be easier to discipline, but the little boy is so hard to discipline. So what do you say? Oh, your daddy will come home and discipline you. 
you planted that in their mind, now they see this big guy coming home like a gorilla who's going to hurt them. And by planting that seed, somehow the relationship was never the same. Bad parenting. Okay. No, you don't use authority to scare people. You say there are rules. You use the rules, not the persons. All right? You still there? Hey, hey, hey. If you're guilty, just say, I'm sorry. Sorry, son. All right? You don't have to do it to my grandchild, okay? <laughs> At least I said sorry already. Forgive me. And don't do that to your pastor. Oh, pastor said. <laughs> so many use pastor said. And sometimes when I listen, I, I didn't say that. When you, if ever you want to quote me, please be exact. Because a little change. Like here. What's the context of this? Some of you might say the Galatians were fighting each other. Uh, don't be so quick. Because Paul said, if, if you devour one another if he's not making a final statement that this is what's happening unlike in Corinthians it was really clear that they were divided here it is an if careful now you have to use the exact words of scripture now all of you might be so quick because you were not careful please be careful that's why a little philosophy helps you know, is the assumption correct? If the assumption is correct, you might come up with a better conclusion. If the assumptions are wrong or one of it is wrong, do not trust the conclusion, right? Filipinos are good singers. I am a Filipino, therefore, I'm a good singer. Is that true? You've heard me sing. No, I'm not terrible, but I'm not even average. But is the logic true? There's something wrong with the logic. No, because the first part, Filipinos are good singers. It's too broad. You might say, there are many Filipinos who are good singers, or some Filipinos, you can even say, are excellent singers. I am a Filipino. It does not follow. Right? But if you say, I am one of those. Now, be careful when you use somebody's words. Some of us don't even understand the words and we echo it. So it's all wrong. Please be very careful. All right? Now, don't say pastor said to scare everybody else. Okay? Because when they see me, they see me as a gorilla or a lion that will eat them, right? You've actually prevented people from becoming my friends, right? Now, if you're guilty, say amen. <laughs> no, you don't have to say. Okay. Making enemies, jealousy, outbursts of anger, unwise competition. The church and... And church divisions are all deeds of the flesh. Again, those who do not walk by the Spirit will satisfy the natural inclination of the flesh. So be careful not to create these divisions. 
whether you are a recipient or you're the one creating it, careful now. Does especially if you feel bad. You know, when I feel bad, I lock myself in the room and I pray. And I only talk to people who can rebuke me. Not people who will always be yes to me. Yes, people are not always helpful. I need somebody to say, I feel bad. Talk to me. All right? Why do you feel bad? And, and the wise biblical counselor will find a root if there is sin in the root and deal with that first before dealing with my feelings. No, that's not professional counseling. I'm talking about biblical counseling. We find that root first. And then we say, let's confess this before the Lord. If there's bitterness, jealousy, and envy in your heart or you were too proud to be corrected. That's why you hurt. Let's deal with that first. And that's the kind of friends we need. So if someone says, my experience with this person is this, that's that person's experience. That is not everybody's experience. Is that clear? Yeah, you know what they call a fallacy in logic is hasty generalization. They had a bad experience, therefore... Everyone who is connected to this person will always have a bad experience. Oh no, that's not logically possible. And be careful with those promoting themselves to be always right. Somebody got fired from the job. So to save face, they have to create a story. Okay, They have to create a story. Making everybody bad and they're the only ones who are right. Careful with those. But you would rather say, yeah, it was my fault as well. I trust people who say those things. And he can, well, I think the consequence was too much, but I was also wrong. Wow. That, that's wonderful. But everybody's bad and I'm right. And then you plant that seeds to everybody. Careful divisions, dissensions. For example, when you talk about church discipline, it's church discipline and restoration. If we know a brother or a sister falls into sin and they're faithful members here or they're members of GCF, we talk to them. We have counseling with them. We try to restore them. Now, everybody's so afraid. Oh, church discipline. You'll be disciplined because you think it's like when you were kids. No, it's actually restoration to help bring back that first love, to bring back that spiritual discipline in us. Deed of the flesh is to separate. Verse 21, let's read. He continues, and I believe envy should be part of verse, verse 20 and not 21. Uh, why do you think so? Well, uh, remember that the numbers in the verses was not done by a group of scholars. It was done by a printer, historically. And he was traveling by a stagecoach, you know, once upon a time going from one place to another, and he has to hurry up and put the numbers for printing. And he was so in a hurry, and he just kept putting the numbers. And some of it doesn't make sense. Like, you've got a few words only. It doesn't make sense. It's a verse. But we haven't changed it since that, that time until today. So verse 21, envy should be on the other one. Uh, now, Paul mentioned envy, which is like jealousy, but probably with spite. Okay, now here's the difference. Now, jealousy, you might feel bad about something that happened. Now, envy is, is, you want that as well, but there is spite. 
Now, there is a term blessed in Hebrew, which is something like ad admirable or enviable. Uh, that's nothing wrong when you see somebody doing a good job and say, wow, I, I like that too. So that, that's fine. But if they're spite, huh, thinks he's the only one who's good, <laughs> I can do that too. Huh, huh, I'll show you. Uh, but sometimes it comes from the parents. Oh, you can beat that guy, huh? huh? Come on, son. You know, do what you can, son, and show, make the family proud and beat everybody else. <laughs> Careful. Bad parenting. Okay? Just inspire. Why don't we learn from that person? He's so good at that. Let's learn. And let's be inspired. Maybe we can do something better, or maybe not, but we've learned. We will improve, son. Drunkenness and orgies are works of the flesh. I think, especially orgies, that's, that's, so, that's so obvious. And some of you might be thinking, this doesn't happen today. Please. Sometimes we keep our ear to the ground, what's happening in the universities. And they have these. They just enter a room, they close the lights, and whatever happens, happens. That's how sexually transmitted diseases travel among young people. Because they're so open to it. Orgies. Of course, drunkenness. Of course, drinking is not a sin, but getting drunk, hey, watch it. You have to know your limit. When you start talking foolish, you, you have to know, are, are you just two glasses, two bottles, and you stop? Me, some of you, just one, right? I know some people, they just take a sip and they go crazy. <laughs> then don't even touch it, right? They can't even walk straight, and that's just a sip, you know? They, they act funny. Uh, and they, you know, it's, everything's a blur. Now, verse 21, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. Okay. There's no shabu yet during that time, all right? Things like these. I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Strong words. Oh, what if I've done one of them? Okay, let me comfort you to a certain extent. The word, those who do such things, that phrase in the Greek actually means those who practice it. It means if those who have this lifestyle will not enter the kingdom. Because if you are in Christ, this is not your lifestyle. To those who practice this regularly, they have no inheritance. Paul is saying that is a false well, if you claim to be a believer, then I would say that's a false believer who are into these things. Well, he's not actually saying you're a false believer, but they will not inherit. It's just saying you're not a believer. That's another way of saying it. You will not inherit. So if ever you commit one of this, like you created some dissension and you lose your temper, for example, or, and you're so jealous and... Uh, um, accidentally, and then you can ask forgiveness from the Lord. He'll forgive you. But walk by the Spirit. So that must not become your lifestyle, a jealous lifestyle. Oh, my. 
Do you know that some couples can never travel separately? They don't allow it. Too much jealousy. I have to always be there watching you. Always. And they seem to agree that they have to do it all the time. So how funny it is, you know? Girlfriends meetings and there's, there's a bodyguard listening in. And sometimes even butting in, huh? I'm in girl talk. I, I can't stand girl talk. I love you ladies, but when you come together, it's too much for me. Uh, but I'm happy that you're happy, okay? <laughs> so if you invite your husband to wait for you and you're going to spend four hours talking about the same thing in different angles, <laughs> have mercy on us. Allow us to watch three movies and come back to you, all right? Uh, have mercy. Now, how does one avoid giving in to the desires of the flesh? One must walk by the Spirit. And of course, one must let me remind you of a verse that's coming and a verse that Paul, and a statement that Paul mentioned to crucify. I am now crucified with Christ. We crucify the flesh. I no longer live the life I live. I live by faith in the Son of God. So one must crucify the flesh and the cravings. If one does not walk by the Spirit, one will surely give in to the cravings of the flesh. We have to crucify it. I mean, beat it, hurt it, despise it. Learn to despise what you loved before as a, a non-believer. You learn to despise it now. You crucify it. Imagine nailing that desire on the cross. But even after you've done that, the proclivity to sin is there. That's why we learn to crucify the flesh. Application. Know your sinful inclinations. If we are unaware that the flesh still exists, we will fail in our Christian walk. Thus, it is imperative to have a heightened awareness of ourselves. What sins are we prone to committing? Uh, let us exercise honesty and truthfulness to ourselves. If I'm prone to committing this, let's admit that before the Lord. And pray. Are we prone to impure thoughts or sexual sins? Are we prone to jealousy or envy? Does it lead to rivalries or divisions? Do we often have enemies? Do we practice unhealthy competition? Brothers, sisters, let us practice self-awareness. Second, guard your heart and mind. The only way to guard our hearts and minds is by walking in the Spirit, which is faith in His Word. And it is by crucifying the flesh, by starving its inclinations, which means neglecting and rejecting the inclinations. Yet we must be humble all the time that any time, any day, we can be tempted. No such thing as a spiritual giant. Hello? You can say, I've been in the church for so long. I finished the Bible. Don't tell me I'll be tempted with that. Don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say that. That kind of pride destroys people. What, what we can say is, <laughs> protect me as well. Okay? Pray for me. Pray for me. Because the temptation is always there. Guard your heart and mind. 
Walking by the Spirit is fulfilling the desires of the Spirit. Which is what? Obeying the Word of God. Which includes faith in His Word. To stir up faith, we should read and meditate on Scripture. I like singing songs that reflect the teaching of Scripture. Now, not just because it's a Christian song, you're going to worship with it. Some of it is wrong doctrine. Don't, don't sing it. Right? This one song became very popular. The title itself is already wrong. Reckless love. Christ had a reckless love. You humanized him too much. You're talking about somebody are so reckless he'll give everything and even die for you. That, no, everything was planned. It was not reckless. The thing was planned. The crucifixion was planned. The death and resurrection, they were planned by God Himself. Don't say reckless. Don't sing that song, okay? Right? But the, the, the music's so nice. Make your own music. Or be selective, at least. But I like singing songs that reflect... I like the songs we sung. Oh, I'll cherish that old rugged cross. We remember what happened. There's nothing wrong. It's not the cross that we're cherishing, literally. It's what happened on the cross. Okay, don't be misguided now. You're looking for a cross, you know, to drive away evil spirits, right? Heed the warning. That's the last. Paul's warning is clear. That those who practice the deeds of the flesh will not inherit the kingdom of God. Our lifestyle differentiates us from the lifestyle of the flesh. Now, none of us are claiming we are sinless. We are all wretched sinners until today. But we don't stop there. But by His grace. But we are justified through faith. Not works. Justified through faith alone. The works is a result of the faith we have. Obeying Him does not save you. Obeying Him is who you are because you have faith in Him. Let's heed the warning. It is according to the Spirit. Our lifestyle must be according to the Spirit, not according to the flesh. Therefore, we must not occupy ourselves with the deeds of the flesh. Instead, let us live by faith and live by the Spirit. If we do not live by faith or live by the Spirit, then probably our faith is not genuine. So let us make sure. I give you now a poem called Hungry Beast. That's not the title. Hungry Beast. There is a hungry beast within. Beware of its intent to win. Howling and hunting to devour. It may strike at any hour. The host would think it's all pleasure. It seems happiness and leisure. But the soul decays ever deeply until it is lost completely. 
Therefore, beware the beast within, engulfing us to always sin, their sexual immorality. Another one is called envy. Do not forget idolatry. It is not far from sorcery. Include unhealthy rivalries and then drunkenness and orgies. Everyone sinned since Adam sinned. There existed the beast within. By the Spirit we shall prevail. Through faith His power we avail. Let us all rise. Thank you, Lord. None of us claim holiness or perfection, but you made us righteous. There's no righteousness in ourselves. Our righteousness is only found in Christ alone. Remove from us this lifestyle. Teach us to walk by the Spirit. Teach us to walk and be led by the Spirit that we may manifest the fruit of the Spirit and not satisfy the cravings of the flesh. Teach us to crucify the flesh regularly, always being aware that the life we now live, we live by faith in the Son of God who loved us, who died for us. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Spirit be with you always. God's people say, Amen. Good morning. God bless you.